Thanks for joining us today for Bread of Life, a ministry of Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. At the core of our ministry is the conviction that Christ is our sufficiency in all things. Our prayer is that the message today might bring your thoughts near to Christ's abundant grace. To contact us, please call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. And now here for a brief introduction is our speaker, Joel Van Hoogen. Today we begin a consideration of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3, but before exploring this passage, after time of reviewing the setting of the context for the message, I take a moment to address how we should think when a servant of God falls into such a sin that it disqualifies them from ministry and puts them out of the race. Our hearts should be broken for them, broken for them for a loss greater than we can imagine. Verse 3 again, For consider him who has endured or that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. Some of you might say, who endured such hostility. Others will say such opposition. We'll stick with the word contradiction, and I'll explain it to you a little bit later here. The life of the Christian, as we've been looking at this passage, beginning in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 12, the life of a Christian is compared to a long race that is to be carried out with endurance as we spur ourselves on to finish the race. And as we've said before, it's a race against the clock. It's a race so that in our short lifetime, we could live to impact others with the love and the saving work of Jesus Christ. We are to run this race and carry out this race with endurance, first learning to throw off all of those elements in our life that are simply governed by our own self-interest. We are to throw off all things that are only regulating our life by our own self-interest and not regulated by a life that we want to live to give glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the weights. And we're to throw off those personal sins, those besetting sins that niggle their life way around our lives and wrap around us and inhibit us in running freely this race to make Jesus Christ known to as many people as possible. We're to run this race looking at Jesus Christ. We're to run this race really not for our own interest, for Christ's interest. And Christ's interest, we're told in verse 2, was for the joy that was set before Him. And as we said last week, the joy that was set before the Lord Jesus was the prospect of the reward of gaining for Himself us as His precious treasure, of gaining for Himself lost men and women for whom He died. And we run the race with Him in order to gain for ourselves reward, to gain the reward of a crown, Paul says. And then Paul says that the crown is those he wins to Jesus Christ. We run the race in order to grab hold of and gain the crown or the prize of all the individuals that through our prayers and through the life that we live and through the witness that we give, we are used by the Spirit of God to bring into saving faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. It brings Him great joy and it will bring us great joy to present those to Christ and to receive from Him His commendation for our work, to receive from Him the crown of the labor to, 
to impact as many people with the goodness and the graciousness and the saving power of Jesus Christ. And he'll give us that reward. And then Revelation chapter 4 actually tells us what we're going to do with these crowns. It says that we're going to come into the presence of the Father and of the Son as the holy angels gather before him and they worship him. And as they cry out, holy, 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 before his throne, we're told that we'll take the crowns from off our heads and we'll cast them at his feet. We'll say, not unto us be glory and honor and praises, but unto you be glory and honor and praises forever and ever and ever. And that's what we'll do with our crown. That's what we'll do with the prize that we'll receive from running the race faithfully, racing against the clock, beating back our own physical impulses to find the avenues of escape and only self-pleasing, instead living and driving ourselves onward to please Him and to bring to Him as many as possible. And Paul actually says, in light of that prize, that he beats his own body so that he might finish that race. In fact, let me read you that passage. It's in 1 Corinthians 9 verses 26 and 27 and the reason Paul does this by the way and I'll preface what we're going to read in 1 Corinthians 9 26 and 27 is Paul wants that crown Paul wants that reward Paul wants that prize he wants to leave for himself the prospect the joyous unending prospect of delighting in the Lord Jesus by taking the crown that Jesus gives him and throwing it at his feet and seeing in the eyes of the Savior the joy, the joy at all that he had done to bring as many as possible to him. Just prior to this, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.19 that earlier in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, don't let anyone enslave you. And then in 1 Corinthians 9.19, Paul says, I enslave myself or I make myself the slave of others in order that I might win the more, in order that I might win as many people to Christ as possible. He'll say to the Jew, I became a Jew. To the Greek, I became a Greek. To the weak, I became weak. To the strong, I became strong. I did all that I could in order to win as many as possible. And now he speaks of this ongoing effort. He says in verse 26, 1 Corinthians 9, Therefore, I run... Thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now here's an important thing here. He says, I don't want to become disqualified. And the question is, what is Paul referring to in this disqualification? Is he speaking about losing his salvation? Being disqualified from heaven? No. He's not losing his seat in heaven one day. It's the loss of the prize. It's the loss of the reward. It's the loss of the crown, of the reward of all that he'd done in preaching to others and bringing others to Christ. And all that he would have of that labor and that work, it would be able to use to worship Jesus, to cast in wonder forever at the Lord Jesus' feet in honor and praise and Paul has labored through many trials in order to gain that crown. And Paul was not about to risk the loss of that reward by conceding to sins that would drive him out of the race and finishing the race. And so Paul is 
ready to command his body and to control its instincts and to actually, he says, beat its body in order that it might continue on in the race until the race is concluded so that his body would cooperate with his pursuit of enhancing his unending worship and unending enjoyment, his unending enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. Just this last week, a well-known pastor, seminary professor, conference speaker, who has had a wonderful place of ministry and impacted a number of people and has begun to establish himself with a certain level of national renown, was discovered to have been carrying on an illicit relationship with someone other than his wife. And as a result, he was immediately removed from his ministry. He was immediately removed from his pulpit. I watched as a number of people that knew him and were friends of him begin to interact with one another and speak about this and try to reconcile what has happened and, and make sense of his ministry in light of this horrific failure and, and in a sense try to salvage in their minds all that he accomplished because he had done a number of wonderful things. And you can imagine how sad it was for them. And their instinct was to stack up all the good that he had done and all the important things that they'd even learned from him and to remember them and not to devalue it because of what he had done. And there was a sense in which they were adding up the rewards that he had acquired through his work and basically were asking, wasn't all that past work a good thing? Wasn't it all valuable? And doesn't this need to be taken into account when we are judging him now? And maybe we shouldn't come down too hard on because of how God had used him. And we shouldn't discount his life because of what he had done through the Lord Jesus in the past and for the Lord Jesus. Actually, as this was being listed before me, what happened in my mind was that it became all the more grievous. It became all the more sad. The loss to this individual, this man himself, was in my mind becoming more and more immense. To my way of thinking, this accounting only underscored the great tragedy that this individual had brought upon himself. He had spent his life gathering up a reward that he should have been able to look forward at casting at the Lord Jesus' feet. And now by his own action, he had been disqualified from gaining that reward. It's not that he lost heaven by his sin, but oh, the eternal loss, the incalculable loss of a prize that he could have laid at the Lord Jesus' feet as a part of his everlasting worship. Others said, well, you know, God can use him again. God certainly can use him again, can't he? And the answer to that is yes, God can use him again. The hair on Samson grew back. God worked through Samson again, but he, he never got back his two eyes. There was a tremendous loss. It's incredibly, it is incredibly sad to see such a loss. And so, the command here and the concern for the author of Hebrews, and Paul reiterates this over and over again in books that he has written and letters that he wrote, is this great desire that we should endure and not only begin the race, but that we should finish it and run it to the end. Last week we looked at the encouragement to finish that race, considering the motive, the positive motive that the Lord Jesus had in looking through all of the agonies of the cross and all the shame that we endure 
as he fixed his eyes on those that he would bring to himself and win, including ourselves. We were the great joy, the great treasure that he was pursuing. And we said and told ourselves we should live for the same thing. We should live for the joy and the pursuit of laying before the Lord Jesus all of the people we can bring to him. This week, we're going to look at what the Lord Jesus faced and confronted in terms of sin, in terms of the suffering and difficulty. And we're to remember these things when we go through difficult experiences. We're to remember these things, the, the grief and the hostility and the bone-wearing, soul-crushing experiences that Christ endured for that prize and for that thing that he counted for such a joy, for you that he counted with such a joy. You're to keep it in your mind when you face great opposition, when you feel and begin to feel the cost of the struggle to live for the Lord Jesus Christ, when you begin to ache under the strain and the monotony of the race that you're trying to run in faithfulness and in the midst of your hurting and in the midst of your struggle, you're tempted to step out of the race that's set before you. You're to remember that Jesus leads you in this race, that he presses on before you, that he presses through contradictions of life set against him, and that we're to follow him doing the exact same thing. Thanks for joining us today at The Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. Our fellowship meets every Sunday to worship at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church in the Warm Springs area of Boise. 1023 East State Street is our address. Our focus is to know Christ in every arena of life, and to make him known in those same places. For a copy of today's message, you can call us at 208-331-4096, or you can go to our website at breadoflifeboise.org to learn more. Until the next time, may God bless you.